You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. On a blustery kind of Wednesday morning, this is Nick Medelsky, uh, live from Wasika, Minnesota, broadcasting uh, this morning. We just had a great conversation with Father Marty from uh, Western North Dakota about the Feast of Theophany. And uh, during our conversation, we mentioned Metropolitan Andriy Sheptitsky, who is a uh, Ukrainian Catholic bishop who is on the road to sainthood. And now we're kind of transitioning to talk about another bishop uh, who, from the history who is on his path to sainthood. So joining me is Father Tim Ferguson, who is the chaplain, among, among his many other illustrious titles, the chaplain of the Bishop Berga Association. So welcome, Father Tim. Thank you. It's, it's wonderful to be here, and it's also, uh, I think, a fortuitous day to, to speak about Bishop Arga because it's, uh, we celebrate the Feast of St. John Neumann. Uh, John Neumann was inspired to come to the United States, in, in part by reading uh, about the uh, missionary endeavors of Bishop Arga. So uh, we're, we, we've got a trifecta with uh, Bishop Stabitsky, Bishop Arga, and Bishop Neumann. Absolutely, and I uh, I remember reading in uh, in Bishop Nyman that he at first was a little disappointed that he had to work in an urban area like Philadelphia instead of show, <laughs> snowshoeing across the wilderness like uh, our beloved Bishop Berga. Uh, before we get exactly. s- s- too far down the road on Bishop Berga, I wanted t- our listeners to get a get a little snapshot of who you are, Father Tim. So could you introduce? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure. I'm Father uh, Tim Ferguson. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Marquette. Uh, I was ordained in 2015. Uh, I am uh, sort of a, a late vocation in some ways. I was ordained when I was 48 years old. I had gone into the seminary when I was 17. I uh, was in for seven years. Then I uh, took a 20-year break uh, before being uh, really uh, invited and, and a little bit cajoled back into the priesthood, <laughs> into priestly formation by Bishop uh, Sample. Uh, and uh, uh, took, took Bishop Arga as, as sort of a patron of, of my return to formation, and um, everything went well. I was ordained in 2015, and I have been a very happy priest ever since then. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, so for those who might not be familiar, um, and some of our listeners might, because there is the, the Barriga Cross up there uh, near Duluth, yep. so some might be familiar, or those who visited uh, the shrine in La Crosse. Uh, we have a big, beautiful painting of Bishop Barriga there in kind of the crypt of the of the shrine there. Uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about who Bishop Frederick Barriga is? Certainly. He, uh, he was a uh, Slovenian. He was born and raised in... Um, uh, Slovenia, which at the time was part of the uh, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, uh, he was uh, the son of a count. Uh, the the way that the uh, Austrian nobility worked at the time, uh, he wouldn't have immediately succeeded his father, but there is a good mm. chance that he probably would have uh, inherited his father's title and and gone to a a position of some notoriety. He studied uh, in Vienna. He studied law in Vienna with the uh, intention of working in the, the field of government. But while he was in Vienna, he was inspired by the uh, preaching and the confessional labors of uh, St. Clement Mary Hofbauer. 
and so made the determination to go into the priesthood. Uh, he was ordained a priest for the Diocese of Ljubljana in Slovenia and worked there for many years. He was known in Slovenia and is still known in Slovenia for his work in combating the heresy of Jansenism. Uh, mm. and, and just to put that in a nutshell, that was a, a heresy that really uh, denigrated human nature, uh, really emphasized sin to the point that uh, our unworthiness for the Lord, uh, which we are unworthy of the Lord, but He still loves us, uh, and Jansenism mm-hmm. put a put an extra heavy focus on that that unworthiness and made people afraid to even approach the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Father Baraga in in Slovenia was known for. Uh, very uh, strongly uh, supporting the traditional teaching of the Church, uh, the, the work of grace in our lives, and, and the invitation of the Lord to, to come close to Him and to receive Him in the uh, Holy Sacraments. Um, and uh, But after a few years of priesthood in Slovenia, he, he uh, uh, really strongly desired to come uh, to what was then the fledgling nation of the United States, Mm-hmm. and particularly to work among the Native Americans. Uh, he had read the stories of the Jesuit, uh, the French Jesuit missionaries, about a hundred years before his time, and, and he just really felt that burning call from the Lord to do that. And so he left uh, Slovenia. Uh, he was about uh, 31, 32 years old at the time that he left, uh, came to the United States, he had a background in languages. He was very mm. fluent, of course, in Slovenian and German. French was the language of instruction when he was in uh, the equivalent of our grade school and high school. Um, uh, he had picked up a, a couple other languages. <laughs> he didn't really know English all that well, mm. but he uh, picked it up quite quickly. Uh, and then when he came to the United States, uh, learned Ojibwa, learned the, the Native American language. And he learned it so well, he, he wrote uh, grammar, he wrote a dictionary, and both of those books are still used by speakers of Ojibwa as, as reference works. He's uh, uh, quite uh, remarkable in that regard. But he came to the United States as a priest in, in 1831, uh, worked... Uh, uh, all of this area, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, all was part of the Diocese of Cincinnati at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked for the Diocese of Cincinnati. Then when Detroit broke off, uh, he became a priest to the Diocese of Detroit. For a long time, he was the only priest in the Upper Peninsula and the upper part of the Lower Peninsula and wow. into northern Wisconsin. Uh, wow. He would meet occasionally with Father Samuel Mazzucchelli, uh, mm. who some of the Wisconsin listeners might be familiar with from his labors mm-hmm. in southern Wisconsin. They would sort of meet at a halfway point and uh, go to confession to each other, give each other a little <laughs> spiritual direction, and then, then go on their way. Wow. Um, but uh, And, of course, at the time, all of this travel was done either on boat, on the lake, on the rivers, or uh, uh, over land. And from that point, he, he earned the nickname of the Snowshoe Priest, because mm-hmm. he would travel um, distances on snowshoes that even today are kind of remarkable uh, to, to consider how, how much distance he covered just walking. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
he labored among the Native Americans, uh, and then as the um, European immigrants uh, began showing up, he uh, continued to, to work with them as well. And in um, uh, 1853, he was made a bishop, and the uh, first it was a uh, apostolic vicariat, and eventually became a diocese, uh, which covered the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. He was the first bishop here, and uh, worked to bring other priests over. Worked to secure uh, the uh, uh, the Native Americans. There was a course at that time in American history, uh, definitely a dark time in American history. Uh, there was a great push to drive the Native Americans off of their land. Uh, and uh, one, of the, one of the things that Bishop Erica did that is, I think, remarkable is uh, uh, he used his legal background, used his legal studies, and realized that if the tribes owned the land, then the American government would force them off their land. Mm. So instead, what he did was he worked to get the individual uh, Native Americans, the individual Ojibwas, to own their own land. Mm. Uh, that way, the, the federal government, instead of having to negotiate with the tribe, was having to negotiate with thousands of individuals. Ah. And it just became a little bit too, uh, too taxing for the government, so they gave up. Uh, so I, I think his uh, his wisdom, his insight, and his uh, cunning um, uh, is one of the reasons why we're still blessed with a, a large presence of Native Americans in the Upper Peninsula. Yeah. Um, he uh, uh, lastly um, uh, worked as bishop. The, the, the diocese was moved, the headquarters of the diocese were moved from Sault Ste. Marie to Marquette, uh, so he moved with it, uh, built our first cathedral, uh, and uh, ministered here uh, for a number of years uh, before he finally died uh, in 1868, uh, and uh, he was declared venerable by Pope Benedict XVI in 2012. Awesome. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a good overview of the life of Bishop Erega, and there are a lot of um, little uh, tidbits and stories in there that I think uh, would be great to share with our listeners, but we are up against a break, um, so okay. we'll, we'll go to break and we'll come back and uh, talk more about Bishop Erega and some of the stories from his amazing life and his uh, road to sainthood. So stick with us here on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. If you have lost anyone to a sudden or tragic death, you can still help them. Please visit our website, suicideandhope.com, and memorialize those that you love. There is no obligation or cost. You can simply enter their first name, initials, or a nickname, and I will personally pray for them and have a Mass said each month. Please, again, visit suicideandhope.com. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? 
This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Hi, this is Mark Holcraft. And this is Dr. Joseph Holcraft. You know, Mark, Jesus asks 307 questions in sacred scripture. He has asked 183, of which he only answers three. What's the business with all of this questioning going on in the Bible? Well, Joe, there's a lot there, and we'll be ready to take that on. Tune in to hear about these questions and more on Awaken every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central here on Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. Nick Bedelsky broadcasting live from Wasika, Minnesota, here in southern Minnesota. And on the phone with me is Father Tim Ferguson, the chaplain of the Bishop Barriga Association. And uh, we talked a little bit before the break about kind of the overview of the biography of the life of Bishop Barriga. But anyone who knows Bishop Barriga, I think, has a favorite story or two, at least, about his life. So, uh, Father, do you have a, uh, a favorite story uh, from the illustrious life of Bishop Barriga you'd like to share with us? Yeah, absolutely, and, and and my favorite story kind of ties Wisconsin and, and Michigan together, so it's it's nice to be able to to share that. Um, he was uh, Bishop Eric, uh, Father Eric at the time, was in the Apostle Islands, which are in northern uh, mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin, and uh, he needed to get to Ontonagon, Michigan, which mm. if you go by plane, it'd be about a seventy mile trip uh, over. Lake Superior. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go around the lake is, is quite a long walk, especially right. uh, back in those days, and especially in the weather. It was uh, March or April, so there was still snow on the ground, and he decided that the um, uh, best course of action was to walk across the lake. Lake Superior uh, <laughs> was frozen at that section. His Indian guide was less uh, enthusiastic about that because <laughs> as we all know in the spring the ice starts uh, breaking up and well. but uh, Verga was insistent so they they headed out across the ice and sure enough uh, they they got out far enough that the piece of ice that they were on broke off from the shore and the wind was blowing it uh, northwards into Lake Superior and the the only reasonable outcome of that was that the ice would uh, gradually melt, and they would die. Uh, right. And so his uh, his guide was very, very concerned. But Barriga wasn't at all, and he just <laughs> knelt down, pulled out his rosary, started praying his rosary, and whenever he saw his, his guide getting uh, more and more nervous, he started singing hymns to him in, in Ojibwa to try and mm. calm him down. And 
They drifted across the lake, and uh, neither of them had a watch, so they don't know exactly how long it was, but it was less than a day. Um, and all of a sudden, the wind changed direction and blew their ice flow right to shore. They ended up about 10 miles south of Antonagon, where they uh, were intending to go. Wow. And uh, as, as his guide was just shaking... Uh, Bishop Erica just uh, stepped off the ice floe, knelt down, kissed the ground, and then started walking north to Antonagon. Uh, <laughs> the, the, didn't even bother him. <laughs> right. There's just so many. And, and uh, I, I think one of the, the lessons from that, I mean, it's a neat story, but it's also a lesson of just trust in divine providence, something that uh, all of us certainly could learn from to uh, say that, okay, God wants me here. I don't know how I'm going to get uh, to where I'm supposed to go, but I'll trust God and trust His providence. Absolutely, and that uh, goes back to his Episcopal motto, right? Unum est yep. necessarium. Only one thing is necessary. Yep. Um, Only that relationship with the Lord is, is necessary, so that's very good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, like I said, there's so many stories that we could sit here for the whole two hours and tell stories from the life of Bishop Eric. <laughs> there's oh, just exactly. so many... I would encourage people, especially people who aren't familiar, if you just go to bishoparaga.org, that's the website for the uh, uh, Baraga Association, uh, bishop, B-A-R-A-G-A dot org, all one word. Um, And uh, we have our educational center now, which is uh, built in the house that uh, Bishop Baraga died in. It's in the city of Marquette, uh, 347 Rock Street. Uh, it's a great place if you want to organize a parish pilgrimage. I'm sure Len would be more than happy to accommodate uh, guests or visitors, or if you just happen to find yourself in the neighborhood, please stop by. And it's it's absolutely beautiful. We've had a chance to visit the, the educational center there, and then the, the cathedral is just a few blocks away where the, the oh, tomb yep, is in the, yep. in the chapel where you can actually visit Bishop Berriga and that beautiful stained glass window there. And I think one of my favorite things at the educational center was a complete set of vestments made out of buckskin um, yes, that they had yes. given them, which I think is just so cool and so representative of the missionary life that he yeah. led. Um, and that's he, Bishop... He, he, loved, he loved his native people, and they loved him so, so much so that uh, uh, as he was dying, a priest that was visiting him was taking care of one of the, the missions in Athenans, and... Uh, uh, all that he had in his pocket was twenty dollars that he gave his last twenty dollars to this priest to yeah. pick up and, and spend on the students at the uh, at the mission in in Lansenberga. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, obviously, hopefully, our listeners are convinced, uh, like both of us are, uh, that Bishop Berga clearly lived a saintly life. Uh, but the kind of the purpose of the Bishop Berga Association, or one of the purposes, is to promote the cause for sainthood of Bishop Erica. So could you explain a little bit on what that looks like, that road to sainthood and where Bishop Erica's is sure. at in that uh, process? Sure. sure. The, uh, the, the process, uh, to, the path to sainthood can be quite lengthy at time. I think uh, we, we've seen in our own lifetime some very rapid canonizations, uh, St. John Paul II, uh, mm-hmm. uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta, uh, but most causes for canonization take take a considerable amount of time and energy, and uh, we've been working on getting Bishop Erica canonized for, for quite some time. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, he was declared venerable in 2012, uh, which is the first 
step, really, the first public step. And so the next step is to have him declared uh, blessed, to have him beatified. To do that, we need one miracle, a proven miracle. And the Church's um, methods for determining a miracle are are pretty stringent. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we have, I think, a very solid case, a very solid miracle that we put all the facts together. I can't go into details uh, right. about the specifics, just to re- respect the uh, uh, the privacy of the individuals involved, but uh, it was a healing miracle of a, of a child, and uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm convinced it is a miracle. Right now, it is waiting for the Medical Commission in Rome to weigh in on whether they think uh, it is medically unexplainable. Uh, if they give the thumbs up, then it goes before the Theological Commission to assess. Uh, and if the Theological Commission gives its consent, then the Congregation for the Causes of the Saints will usually uh, give their thumbs up and uh, send that to the Holy Father. And then the Holy Father will say, yes, we think we should go ahead and beatify him. Uh, I think optimistically... Uh, it would be possible to see a, a beatification for Bishop Erica in the next year or so. Um, but uh, we're also uh, convinced that uh, um, Bishop Erica doesn't need to be beatified. Uh, <laughs> and he's waiting uh, for us to be ready. Uh, so mm-hmm. if, if it takes another 10 years, if it takes another 100 years, it's all, mm-hmm. all in God's good time. In the meantime, we can continue to... Uh, take great courage and faith from his example. We can privately ask for his uh, intercession, and uh, we can certainly try to imitate his love for Christ and, and love for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just a, a fantastic life lived um, in service to others and truly inspirational. Uh, uh, before coming here to Real Presence Radio, I worked for Barriga Radio Network, which was named after mm-hmm. Bishop Barriga, and uh, we even named our our son, uh, our second child. Um, his middle name is Barriga, so he's obviously mm-hmm. someone who's very important to us, um, our family. So uh, hopefully, he's uh, someone that uh, our listeners who might have not heard the name before uh, can go out and learn a little bit more. Could you uh, give us the uh, the website address again? Sure, sure. It's uh, www.bishopbaraga.org. That's B-I-S-H-O-P-B-A-R-A-G-A dot org. Uh, And there uh, you can read more about Bishop Baraga. There's uh, some excerpts about his life. You can also order order books, right, uh, from there uh, recently. Yep, order some books, order some holy cards. uh, and, and again, uh, especially uh, maybe, maybe not this time of year, we've got quite a bit of snow on the ground, but in the summertime, uh, come on up and take a visit. Absolutely. And uh, just recently, uh, you know, at the start we had talked about uh, his efforts to combat Jansenism. So uh, we actually do have writings from Bishop Erga. We have his diary uh, that we talked about, but there's also recently translated that uh, prayer book, right, that he had put together. Yes, as kind yes, of his... yep, yep. Uh, and that was the book that he wrote back in Slovenia, uh, and, and so it's, it's a, a prayer book intended to, to kind of combat that Jansenistic spirit, so I think that's a, a valuable resource, too. All right, well, thank you for joining us this morning, Father, but uh, before you go, uh, would you give us your blessing? 
Sure, sure. On this uh, feast day of, of St. John Neumann, we ask for his uh, intercession, and I uh, pray that may Almighty God bless you and all your loved ones in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father, for that. Uh, we had uh, we'll, we have three priests on today, so we'll get hopefully get three blessings, get a blessing out of each, <laughs> each one of you. Um, so uh, thank you for joining us this morning. And again, that's bishopbarriga.org. Uh, you can find out more about Bishop Barriga. And even though, you know, the, it, an intimate connection to the Upper Peninsula in Wisconsin uh, is still very relevant uh, to people throughout our listening area. After the break, after the break, we'll come back and we'll talk about a soup kitchen that's in need of the community's help in Sioux Falls. Stick with us.